I have with me Paul Reed of Invesco Perpetual, co-manager of our corporate bond fund. Paul, thanks for joining me today at a time when there was increasing amount of interest over the future of bond markets. I think we have to deal firstly with the obvious talking points. There was a lot of debate about the possibility of a bond bubble and the short-term risks for the asset class. Could I ask you what your views are on this? My views on on the bond market are that while it's fair to say that uh, in many parts of the bond markets there's not a lot of value, it's another step to say that we're going to have a big sell-off, particularly a kind of 1994 sell-off in the bond markets. I think that's really quite unlikely. I don't think we have uh, conditions precedent for that sort of experience. So we have uh, very different central bank attitudes right now. We have different growth backgrounds, a different labor market uh, participation rates, for a lot of things that are quite different from the conditions we had in 1994. What I think about the bond markets, and, and in this sense, I think we're talking about the government bond market, high-quality corporate bond markets, which trade very closely with them, is that it's just not a particularly interesting place to be invested in. And you may find that you are stuck having relatively low and not very interesting returns for quite a while, but I don't think you're going to see uh, a big loss of capital more almost an erosion of value over time is, is how I would picture it. So in terms of where you therefore see opportunity, does that mean that uh, your portfolio is more directed towards those types of bonds where you can pick up a higher level of, of income and therefore use that as, a, as an opportunity to create total return for investors? Yes, that's that's absolutely what we're trying to do. I shouldn't lead you to think that I feel particularly bullish about uh, what we're doing either. Uh, I just feel better about it relative to investment-grade corporates or, or governments. What we're trying to do is make the best a relatively fully valued situation, I suppose. And I think it's important for us to focus on, as you said, low-duration income, keep the exposure of the fund to a sell-off in the underlying government bond markets down and keep providing as much kind of current income as we can for people. But we also have to we have to acknowledge that all of these markets have rallied a lot and what we what we really have to try hard to do in in these port in this portfolio is not allow too much risk creep into the portfolios. So not stretch for yield in a lower yielding world, but focus on low duration income. And um, as part of that, if one were to look at the exposure to bonds in the financial sector, you've got a reasonably high exposure in, in the portfolios at the current time. How do you think about the risks that are present in that sector relative to other parts of the market at the current time? Well, I feel, I suppose, increasingly comfortable with our positions in, in financials in the portfolio. And as you say, one way or another between banks and most of our exposure to banks is capital, it's subordinated debt of banks. And our exposure <clears throat> to uh, financials in terms of insurance companies and other financials, we're getting up to 40 or so percent of the portfolio. So it's, it's by far the biggest component of the, of the portfolio. I think that from a risk return perspective, it's still probably the most attractive part of, of the ball market for me. We must acknowledge that it has rallied a lot. At the same time, the risk of being invested in this part of the market has gone down a lot 
because systemic risks have gone away. The linkage between sovereign funding and bank funding has been broken. A lot of work by various central banks has helped to, to do that. Capital has been raised. Liquidity is up massively. So the, the risk involved in these investments is a lot lower as well. From here, I th would expect some gradual reduction in this part of the portfolio. Part of that will be natural because there'll be a, a retiring of positions and, and probably a, a calling and tendering away from us for, of some of these positions. But they are still really quite good relative value and a very good producer of low-duration income for us. So very comfortable with so, so in terms of if you start to realize some profit from, from this part of the market, do you see opportunity in, say, bonds that are exposed to uh, other parts of the global recovery, whether that is direct global exposure or, or indirect? I think, in all honesty, I, I don't see particularly great value in, in almost any part of, of the bond market. I see more value in some parts than others, but this is really to say that this is a little bit better than that, but I, I don't feel by any means spoiled for choice. I think that from a bond market perspective, the big opportunities ran from early 09 because of a credit crisis through uh, to late last year because of a financial and European sovereign crisis. And now you have a, an awful lot of all bond markets uh, really quite fully valued. So what I think we can do in portfolios is, and we have been more stock selective, so there are, there are things you can find that are better relative value. But we're in a low-yield world now where a lot of things have rallied uh, back and above par. So I wouldn't want to suggest that we see fantastic opportunities somewhere else either. Yeah, but in terms of where there are stock selection opportunities, perhaps you give us an example of, of a bond that you've added to the portfolio and what, what the particular merits of that company were. Recently, for example, we've added, and, and not in particularly huge size, but there's been a new issue from a, a company called Arkiva, which uh, effectively has the terrestrial broadcasting infrastructure in the UK, towers business, basically. Mm. And while it's a relatively uh, highly leveraged structure, you have a kind of uh, almost monopolistic business framework. Very, very good cash flows and very good equity partners that are in the transaction with you. And we're, we're making effectively 9% on those, on those bonds. More recently, we've also added to holding with uh, Avis, the car rental business picking up kind of 6% yields. So there's... So there's still good yield available. Uh, yes. There's, what I think we have to do is say that the range in which one can feel comfortable about the type of risk one's taking is now in the sort of 5 to 8 range. And 8, 9s are really quite uncommon, and you have to be very, very comfortable with, with what you're doing there. This is in contrast to a world a year or two ago where you could pick up nines and tens and feel very comfortable. So everything shifted to a, a, a lower yielding background. One last question, if I may. Um, we're moving into an environment when there will be a new appointment at the governor of the Bank of England in Mark Carney. Could you perhaps sum up by describing if you think that's going to have any impact on investors who are investing in, in this type of bond product or not? I honestly, and I've thought about this a lot, actually, I think for for bond investors generally, 
it's possible that Mr. Carney is a slight negative in that I think he will be more focused on growth and possibly less concerned about inflation, although, you know, the Bank of England has missed its target an awful lot pre-Mr. Carney. So th that may not be a massive change. But I definitely think that economic background right now and, and the pressure that Mr. Osborne is under and with expectations that are upon Mr. Carney to get to help as much as possible, my guess is that he he's slightly bond negative on the whole. With respect to, to this fund, I think that's less important because this fund is not duration is not a crucial part of this fund. This is a, a, a low-duration, high-income fund where a lot of the risk is being taken in credit. And I s expect that at the margin, Mr. Carney's credit positive because of his growth impetus. So for this fund, I think it's probably almost no or slightly positive impact. But for bond markets generally, I would say, suggest he's likely to be a little bit more equity-friendly than bond-friendly. Paul Reed, that's been really interesting. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.